Welcome in the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He's got a fresh hoodie on tonight. I really like that. And you can't teach that. Bada boom. Man of the people in the room. Grant, welcome into Ride the Line. Welcome in to Ride the Line, Tanner and everybody out there. We missed you all on Monday. We hope you had a very Merry Christmas. We hope Santa brought you some great presents. You're able to get your milk and cookies, all that great stuff. Tanner, I appreciate the compliment on the hoodie. I paid way too much money for it at a Denver Nuggets game, Mountain Colorado right now, as you can tell from the different background. Mountain Colorado went to the Broncos game on Christmas Eve, the Nuggets game on Christmas Day. So it was a very jam-packed 24 hours or so for me, but it was really good games. And it's been a great holiday season for me so far. I sat on the couch and watched football all weekend. It was amazing. It was like, it was so great. I, you know, I was scrolling through TikTok too, and I saw those videos like, you know, those like hardos that are like, hey, if you watch sports and if you bet on sports, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, very few of them, but then all the comments are like, you've obviously never hit a parlay before kind of thing. So I saw yeah. a few of those. And I'm like, I'm having a great time sitting here on the couch watching football. Did you see? The better on DraftKings, the five dollar better better who turned into four hundred eighty nine thousand on anytime touchdown parlay. That's mind blowing. Absolutely, it, it, it was awesome. Although I have seen the bit of controversy because the bet slip didn't have a comma between two of the legs, so people are saying it's not real. And DraftKings put it out there to drum up publicity. Uh, but we I, apparently there was a video of the guy hitting it, and I'm not going to argue with that. So. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely real. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Every single media company is talking about DraftKings. I think we put a press release. We, we must put a press release out talking about it. Um, definitely a wild story there, but good hit for him. If you guys want to hit big, you need to listen to us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Good segue there. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, comment, share, do it all. We're going to talk a little college football playoff today. But first, we're going to start Monday Night Football. The 49ers absolutely were reamed by the Baltimore Ravens grant. What were your thoughts? Yeah, so I think we talked about it on Friday's show or maybe Wednesday's show, but I said that I like the Ravens in that game. I said there's no way. If you if you look at Super Bowl odds going into that game, it was 49ers 1, Ravens 2, and then the 49ers were favored by 5.5 points in that game. I said there's no way the Niners are 5.5 points better or more than every team in the league. So you got to take the Ravens with the points there. I thought the Ravens were going to win. I didn't bet it personally. I'm kicking myself. But I got to admit, a lot of people are shocked that they blew them out. I honestly wasn't because what we know about the 49ers is that there's a lot of unknown when they get to late in the games and they're trailing. You saw Brock Purdy face, Brock Purdy face some adversity. Ravens were able to force turnovers. Kyle Shanahan is like 0-38 when entering the fourth quarter down to eight-plus points. I wasn't surprised that they lost big. Would I have bet it outright? No, but wasn't a huge surprise to me. I had Lamar as the MVP going into that game. I think he's the MVP coming out of it. It was a massive surprise to me. And you look at the 49ers like turning the ball over four times. Obviously, if that doesn't happen, it's a closer football game. Brock Purdy threw one in the end zone to start the game off, change some momentum. But it was surprising to see how the 49ers were unable to handle any sort of adversity thrown at them in this football game. They didn't look good on offense. They didn't look great on defense. Uh, Brock Purdy really came back to earth. And you're going to have those games. Like the one thing that bothers me about this game is the fact that people are saying like, oh, Brock Purdy's downfall, it's coming. And like, he's just not that good. Like Brock Purdy has been very efficient. I know he has talent. I'm not saying he's like an MVP caliber player necessarily. He might be, you know, he's obviously first in the, the, the poll until, after this game, but like Brock Purdy's played really well. You can't say 
this game takes away from what he's done this season. I, I fully agree with you on that. His numbers are amazing. He had the highest yards per attempt in NFL history, I think. I don't know if he still is, but I know he was first in pretty much every major pa- passing category going into the game. We've talked about it before. Based off of my eye test, I would say he's somewhere 10th to 12th best quarterback in the league. For, through the first 14 weeks of the season, Purdy's numbers were basically identical to Jimmy Garoppolo's the year they went to the Super Bowl. So, Again, I wasn't going to elevate him too high because we've seen Jimmy G uh, and, that, and with the Raiders, and obviously that was a short-lived tenure. He got benched for Aiden O'Connell, but the kid has played well. Don't want to take that away from him. I was just going out there making the case he's not the MVP. Um, and real quick, you know, I know we want to move on to college football playoff, but Lamar's number one in the odds right now. I find it interesting that Christian McCaffrey is now second. I, I Do you think that's because McCaffrey still had a good game, rushed for like 100-plus yards on 12 carries, scored a touchdown? Do you think McCaffrey showed in that game that he's going to produce even against the great defenses, and that's why he was able to keep his odds while Purdy dropped? Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP, in my opinion. He is by far the most valuable player to a team in the NFL. Yeah, Lamar's great, but like Lamar going from where he was to minus 175, like if Tua beats Lamar this week, is now Tua going to jump that? Like these odd movements are crazy just based off what quarterbacks do in one game. I think the most consistent player has been Christian McCaffrey, but the MVP has turned into the most valuable quarterback. Uh, so I think it's probably a waste to bet him at plus 470 because yeah, if, if Lamar comes in, throws three picks this week, gets blown out by the Dolphins, He's not going to be the MVP now and MVP favorite. Like Tua probably jumps that if he throws for three touchdowns and has a great game, probably jumps Christian McCaffrey. So I just can't, I don't see betters or people taking running back seriously in this market. I would push back on that. I don't disagree, but I would say if you're looking for someone to bet right now, I wouldn't bet Tua. I would bet Tyreek Hill because if the Mm -hmm. Dolphins win that game, it's going to take a Tyreek Hill masterclass. Like, there's no way around it. That defense is just phenomenal. We've seen it against damn near every team they face. If Tua throws for 300 yards and touchdowns, 150 and two touchdowns are probably going to go to Tyreek. And Tyreek's like fourth in the odds right now. With that game, Lamar's going to drop. And I think Tyreek would vault. So, if you're looking for someone to bet on that's not Lamar, that would be my pick. So, as much as I, I like that, but Tyreek missing the game hurts there. And I think Christian McCaffrey, overall, if you're looking at a non-quarterback, I would rather lean towards Christian McCaffrey, maybe not for the value of 4-1 to one versus 22-1. to one, But my pick would be Josh Allen at 13-1 to one right now. He's going to get a chance to face Lamar in the playoffs if they get in. It looks like they're going to right now. He's going to get a chance to make a run. He's been very good throughout the last five weeks or whatever they've had to win to uh, to have a chance in the playoffs. And what he's done down the stretch has been pretty special. So I think 13-1 to one there is a good bet. And also take the Bills to win the Super Bowl right now. Eleven to one, grab it. Good value. I know you're nope. pushing this. I, I hate it. I, I, Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions. He's just he's a turnover at the worst moment type of guy. Do they have Super Bowl upside? Sure, but they've had Super Bowl upside for the last four years. This is probably the worst they've been over the last four years. So I don't see why now would be the time to bet them. I mean, but it's probably the worst the AFC's been too. That's true. That is a so, very good like, point. Like no, the Chiefs aren't good anymore i'll say that but she's I, got, still I, I gotta say i gotta say i'm probably still i would probably say the ravens should win the afc but I've got, put, I've, I've got to put the chiefs at number two like i just trust them i trust I Mahomes. it's like it's like in the nba when in the when you get to the playoffs and the game slows down and it's like efficiency goes out the window just who is going to make a shot you would say the best players in the league they like it was Jokic last year and before that it was steph and before that, it was LeBron and AD. 
when you get to the playoffs, I trust Mahomes to make the better play slash not make the stupid play more than I do Josh Allen or anyone else in the AFC. Mahomes making a lot of stupid plays right now, Grant. I don't know if you watched. A lot of he, stupid He plays. is, no doubt. He's like one or two interceptions off the league lead. Yeah, I, I just don't trust them right now because they don't have weapons. Like, you have Travis Kelsey. Do obviously, you? Not barely. I mean, he's probably he's, – he's thinking about Taylor the entire game, so he's dropping passes. I mean, when like, you even saw as bad as they are, like, not having Kadarius Toney on the field this week actually hurt them. Um, not having – what they didn't have – um pacheco hurt them right like they're they're like just have like these guys that aren't big time playmakers still not having them makes a huge impact like the raiders came to play that was pretty impressive yeah the job antonio pierce is doing with them is an awesome job um he's not going to win coach of the year but as far as most impressive coaches raiders antonio pierce for shane steichen that's gonna be a great matchup and yeah i don't disagree i i think he's certainly put himself in a good position to go from interim to full-time coach with the raiders next season but Taylor we came here to talk mostly about college football playoff we've got two amazing games as everybody known we've known this for a month we got Michigan Alabama in one of them we've got Texas Washington in the other put your feelings aside on if the committee got it right or if they got it wrong these are two elite matchups I think whichever of the four whichever two of the four make it to the national championship game we get a very competitive game and I'm super excited to hear what your thoughts on on these games are there's so much money on Alabama. So that concerns me right away. But if I have to go with my gut and I have to go with what I'm feeling in this game, it's got to be the Crimson Tide. I don't love Jalen Miller. I think he's gotten a lot better, though, as the season goes on down the stretch. He's been fantastic. J.J. McCarthy, I don't feel like he's a big enough playmaker to go out and win you the game if he's in a position where he has to go do that. Blake Corum's great. Obviously, Michigan can run the football. But if anyone can match up with them in that front seven, it is Alabama. So that's my that's my initial take on this game, but I don't like how the line has moved back towards Michigan despite all the money being on Alabama. I think Michigan's a good team, but I also have my concerns about who they've played. And we can say the SEC has been down this year. It, it is a down year for the SEC, but you still beat Georgia. You beat Auburn on the road. You beat Kentucky on the road. Like Not, not saying those are great teams, but um, you still beat those teams. LSU, a team that can score a lot of points, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Uh, You lost to Texas at home earlier in the season. I think if that was later, it would have been a different story. But they've beaten better teams than Michigan has. Michigan beat Penn State, and Penn State's great on defense, but they don't have an offense at all. I think Ohio State's a good team. Michigan, that was a a, a good win for them. But also, too, like Kyle McCord didn't have – like Kyle McCord's not a guy that I really trust that much either there. So I can't get behind Michigan from the, you know, meaningful win – narrative i can get behind alabama and i just know alabama in this situation finds ways to win they know how to win in these big games that would be my reason to go with them i don't feel good about it though if i if i was if i had to pick one game to bet i would probably go towards the other semifinal but we're gonna bet them both yeah so i i can't really follow you for anything that you said nick saban his career eight and two against number one teams that's pretty remarkable obviously michigan being the one seed here for me though i'm i'm riding with the wolverines now i know jim harbaugh's zero and two in his college football playoff history as a head coach but i think this is the best team that he's ever had and you look at their breakdowns of running or passing obviously they prefer to run the ball but they can get it done through the year jj mccarthy not the best quarterback in the world certainly not the best nfl prospect not as dynamic as jalen monroe not going to argue with any of that but i've seen him in circumstances where he's had to step up and he's played well last year against ohio state 
without Blake Corum in the lineup. He goes for 263 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions against Ohio State. Then he wins the Big Ten championship game, throws another three touchdowns in that one. And even in the semifinal loss to TCU, not his fault. Michigan scores 45 points. He goes for 350 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but uh, a couple of them, I think one of them, if I remember correctly, wasn't exactly his fault. And he played a very good game there. So we have seen him step up in these moments. But, of course, he's going to have Blake Corum. He's going to have that talented uh, backfield. Michigan might have the best offensive line, certainly up there in the top rankings. Alabama, I, yeah, they're strong on the defensive side, but they don't generate a ton of pressure. This is probably the worst front seven Nick Saban has had in his dynasty years with Alabama, and you're going against a great offensive line. To me, that means it comes down to can Jalen Milrow single-handedly go out and win a game against a defense that allows the fewest points per game in all of college football. And to your point earlier, no, they didn't play the best schedule. I know that does uh, it does weigh in on that, but they played lights out against a Penn State, and they played really, really good against Ohio State. So I trust them going into this matchup. They've had a month to prepare. Um, Harbaugh, I, I think, is an elite coach. Obviously, Saban is too. But I don't think it's the coaching mismatch that everybody makes it out to be. So I'm going to take the Wolverines. I think this is their year. I can't blame you there. I genuinely don't really know what's going to happen in this football game. I think it, if Alabama comes out and dominates the game, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan finds a way to win it. I wouldn't be surprised either because a lot of people think Michigan's legit. I'm not on that train yet just because I haven't really seen them beat the quality opponent outside of Ohio state, but they haven't had the ability to like, you can't, you can't create your own schedule to, I mean, you can to a degree, but you can't create how bad the big 10 is and the big 10 is bad. So um, moving into our next game here, unless you have anything else on that one, Grant. No. And, and I trust me, I am very much looking forward to the Texas Washington game. We're about to jump into, but this is the game that I want to watch uh, for, for the, some of the reasons I mentioned, you know, Harbaugh hasn't won a, a game in the college football playoff. Does he get over the hump? Is this, a shifting uh, of the power in the landscape of college football because Michigan, you know, not that they were a joke, but they were the little brother to Ohio state. Well, now they've won the conference three years in a row. And now people are saying Ryan day deserves to be fired. And now this is the year where they should win it all. Can they deliver on it? I really want to watch this game. So this Texas Washington game is probably I'm looking just as forward to this one as I am the Alabama versus uh, Michigan game just because when you look at Washington like what they did in the Pac-12 championship against Oregon it was a 34-31 game it was not that close Washington went out dominated the game they wanted to physically assault Oregon on every snap and and they did and they did like they they wanted to win that football game and they beat them up especially in the trenches which was very fun to watch I think this Texas team's awesome um Texas like on paper I feel Texas is one of the most talented teams in this college football playoff but Michael Penix Jr. is fantastic they have a very good receiver room with Washington their offensive line showed their physicality against Oregon which is you know a quality defense in the Pac-12 like a lot of people are discounting Washington right now the fact that they're plus 650 I think is a little wild and Texas is two plus 250 I think Washington can come in here and win this football game they got to play perfect to do it and a lot of people are saying the Pac-12 is terrible which it's not good but I just I like I like something about this Washington team. They look driven. Uh, I agree with you. There's when you're analyzing sports, sometimes there's something to be said about the unwritten. You know, we can look at a statistical breakdown of this matchup and you look at Washington's schedule. They haven't necessarily been dominant. I don't think they've won a game by more than 10 points in their last nine games, eight, nine, 10 games, something like that. 
but they have they just find ways to win both Oregon games both games ended in a three-point differential the first one they come back the second one they totally dominate them to your point you know Michael Penix Jr. gets all the headlines I don't think he deserved to win the Heisman, but he was probably second on my ballot, second or third. So obviously one of the most impressive players in college football, but it wasn't necessarily him that won them the Pac-12 championship. You know, it was their aggression on the defensive line. They were able to stop the run. They were able to get Bo get after Bo Nix with his four rushers. They made plays in the secondary. The receivers were outstanding. And everybody wants to talk about Penix. Washington can run the ball. They can run the ball really well. They've got speed. They've got power. Their offensive line played probably its best game of the year in that Pac-12 championship. And again, like I was saying before, you got a month to prepare for this game. I think they're going to be coming in here fired up. Now, I do want to give Texas their credit. Obviously, they're a great team. Quinn Ewers, very good. They've got playmakers. They can run the ball as well. But the defense of the Longhorns, I think, just doesn't get talked about enough. Maybe you want to say it's because of the conference or whatever, but I believe they're 13th in the country in points per game allowed, and they have played a lot of ranked opponents. So I am very interested to see how that matchup goes. Texas got some good guys in the secondary. I'm interested to see um, how they do against some NFL prospects at wideout for Washington. But I'm like you. I, I think this is Washington's game to go out there and win, and that's all that they have done recently. They've got all the momentum in the world. I just, I think this is their game. I think it's a, a team of destiny sort of feel. And I want to see how they do in this game. Um, and obviously they do have to win, but I would not be surprised if they go on to win this whole thing. If they win this game, they win the national championship. I think if they get through this game, they win the national championship for sure. It, it wouldn't surprise me. And like I said, I want to see, actually maybe not even, I, I don't necessarily even want to see how they play because if they win, I know how they're going to play. I want to see what happens with Michigan and Alabama. I want to see if there are any chinks in the armor because Washington, they've, they've been adaptable. You know, some games, Penix throws for 400 yards. Sometimes they run the ball for 200 yards. Sometimes, like we just saw, play their best defensive game of the year against Oregon. So very interested to see how that shakes out. And, and by the way, I know we both talked about it, but I thought Oregon was the most complete team in the country as far as the ability to throw the ball, run the ball, great offensive line, great defensive line, good playmakers in the secondary, the linebacking core. So for them to do what they did, it, it just impressed me so much. I'm honestly surprised that Michigan um, doesn't have better odds in this game. I mean, it's not lopsided. It's what, four and a half points, right? Yeah, Texas yeah. minus four and a half. But I would be uh, be safe, you know, if you want to go, go with the four and a half points. But I'd probably be betting Washington outright for the plus 150, 160. I thought Washington was going to blow them off the field. I really, or not Washington. I thought, um, I thought Oregon. Oregon would blow them off the field in that football game. They did not. Washington came out, played excellent football. And like just their physicality was something that impressed me. So I'm going to go with Washington in this game. Forget about the points. Take the money line here. Um, look at some hypotheticals. These are really interesting. If Alabama plays Washington, uh, Alabama's a six and a half point favorite, minus 210 on the money line. If they play Michigan, they are a seven point uh, Michigan's a seven-point favorite, minus 225 on the money line. So just blatant disrespect. I do think if we got to that point, that line would actually move back towards Washington a little bit. So don't be in a rush to bet a hypothetical line here. I, I do agree with you. And also just looking at some exactas, according to the odds makers, um, getting these from DraftKings. And guys, by the way, if you don't know, go on over to WSN.com. Any sports book we mentioned, plus a whole lot other. They got a bunch of promo codes. Great for high stakes betting, especially during the college football playoff, WSN.com. I'm looking at DraftKings here. The most likely outcome is Michigan defeats Texas in the national championship for plus 370. Uh, for my pick, uh, which is Michigan face off against Washington, there's plus 550 odds for Michigan beating Washington. 
Um, and then there's plus 1,200 for Washington beating Michigan. Uh, Tanner, your pick, uh, there are, let's see, plus – where's Alabama? There are plus 650 odds that Bama beats Washington, and there are plus 1,300 odds that Washington beats Bama. And then you can also, if you don't want an exacta, you just want to name the matchup. For me, that would be Michigan-Washington. You can bet that for plus 350. Tanner, Washington-Alabama, that's plus 400. Yeah, I think my favorite way to attack this, honestly, is going with Wash. take Washington to win the entire college football playoffs. So take them to win, and then right there, um, you're getting so much value at plus 650. I know it's not the best time to bet it, obviously, but right now the odds are still good enough where you can. So take them plus 650, and then you can figure out how you want to handle that in the in the college football, in the national championship game. You could hedge it or whatever, but I'd rather take them plus 650 rather than plus 14150. Um, in the the college football the semi game because I think if they get there they have a very good chance they have just as good a chance to win as anyone else. Yep, I totally agree. And just looking back at last year, I feel like Washington has sort of picked up the spot that TCU was in because I feel like Washington's being the most disrespected out of all these teams, even though Bama's the four seed. I feel like Washington is is the sleeping giant. If you watch them play, like all they do is win games. We talked about it before. It's very much the same thing with TCU, aside from that conference championship game. What do they do? They beat Michigan in the semifinal. Granted, they got blown off the field, but Georgia was going to blow out anybody they placed. Let, let they played, let's face it. So this is a team that can absolutely win that first game. And if you're like Tanner, bet that future out on them to win it. They win the semifinal. You're getting a little hesitant. Cash out. You're going to make a profit. So, yeah, betting, betting Washington, absolutely the way to go, in my opinion. Definitely. Well, Thursday night football, real quick, Grant. We have the Cleveland Browns can clinch a playoff spot against the New York Jets. Cleveland's a seven-point favorite. Joe Flacco is probably going to throw a bunch of picks in this game, but I do like the Browns to win. I don't really want anything to do with the spread here. How about you? Yeah, the spread's a little tricky. Um, I'm looking at what the Jets did. They were up 17 to nothing against the Commanders after six minutes. Granted, they almost lost. They were down a point at the end of the fourth quarter. And then they drill a last second field goal to win by two points. Um, they did not cover. I think they were minus three on the spread, so they didn't cover. Um, but Trevor Simeon, they pushed the Trevor Simeon button. And not only did they do that, they had him throw 49 passes. It's just total organizational incompetence. There's no plan whatsoever. You know that, you know that um, video of Trump, the meme, where he's like, there's no strategy. There's no plan. I, there's nothing that we're going off of. That's what Robert Sala is doing. The defense is good if if their team is able to score some points. If they go down seven to nothing, the defense effectively gives up. I don't blame them. The Browns, Flacco's going to turn the ball over, but it's it's like it's their magic formula now. Joe Flacco, three hundred yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Just mark it down in stone. That's what's going to happen pretty much every weekend. The Browns, in my opinion, have the second or third best defense in football. Um, they've got verticality. I am worried about the mistakes with this line. I would wait to see if you can get it for six and a half. But if you can't, and I was forced to pick, I would be going with the Browns minus seven. I like it. I like it. I think Browns minus seven is the way to go. I think Flacco, potentially Flacco passing yards, you're going to see a lower total. Do they have it up here? They do. Flacco passing 227 and a half. I would probably go over on that just the way they're playing. Even though the Jets are very good on defense, especially in the secondary, they're keeping quarterbacks under. The Browns are just seeming to throw it up for grabs every game. And Flacco, did you say, did you say 227? Yeah. That's what you're getting. That, that's lock of the week. That's really that's, low. Oh, yeah, that's that's really – but that's what you're getting from these – like even C.J. Stroud, I know he had a terrible game and then ended up getting hurt in the fourth quarter, but like against the Jets, he was at 207.5. He was averaging, you know, 280 yards. 
And by the way, Cleveland is seven and one at home. The Jets are two and four on the road. So you got to factor that in as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, Grant, that was a loaded show. We got some college football playoff talk. We got some Thursday night football. We talked Monday night football. We talked MVP. What more could you want, guys? Make sure you smash that subscribe button at WSN. Like, share, do it all. Head over to the website. We have a ton of stuff on there. And Grant, take us out of here. Guys. First and foremost, Tanner, I hope you all enjoyed the holiday season. We hope you are ready for the new year. There's no better way to kick it off than by subscribing to the channel. Tanner and I are going to be back on Friday, breaking down some more games. Make sure that you guys are locked in. Like the video if you enjoyed. Comment. Let us know right now who is winning the college football playoff. We will see you all on Friday's show. But until then, keep riding.